0: Welcome, everybody, to the two-man power trip, the black man starting the nerd lifestyle. I'm Nicholas, Mr. Go with the flow.
1: And I'm the man with the plan, Maurice.
0: And we're back with the official edition of the Blurred by Nature podcast. Sir, we are finally out here. Yeah, finally out here. It's been a long time coming. I'm happy that we finally hit this mark. What do you got to say about it, co host? Shout outs to
1: anyone who does a podcast. Going into this blind, I did not know how much work happens behind the scenes.
0: Yep. Especially just social media gathering, uh, putting your name rights, logos, X, Y, and Z. It's like, my God, what the hell?
1: But it's been a fun learning process, learning how to edit, learning a whole bunch of other items I wouldn't have had to learn otherwise.
0: Yeah, get your excitement up there, get that energy pumping and coming in with the week in, week out uh, stories and monologues and uh, a whole bunch of stuff that you bring to the table. It's a back and forth thing. The, the best part is when you have another person to bounce off ideas and just help, you know, get work done just in general. Because if it's a person by themselves, like a singular podcast, man, I can't fathom that.
1: Oh, definitely. Shout out to the do-it-yourself shops, yeah, the single, the single, single man, man, the single woman. <laughs> week I in, got- week out, good lord. <laughs> I got all the respect for y'all because, man, I can do all this okay. by myself
0: without the grade levels increasing exponentially. Facts, nah man. Nah, you need somebody to, to at least gas you up, at least big you up. We got each other. We are brothers keep it here. So when you catch somebody and, and they catch you, you good. If somebody's down, you gotta hype them up. You gotta keep the energy. You gotta keep the fire going. Let's go. Yeah, and that's how it's been. Some days, you know, it's been it's yep. been rough. Yep, 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 yep. Like like a situation last week, oh boy. We had to brainstorm. Yes, sir. We had to call a major audible. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, as we speak, welcome everybody literally to uh, blur by nature podcast and with that we're going to go into our first segment vibe guys this is the segment where we talk about all our days that have brought us to this podcast table today so i'm gonna let my co-host actually tell his story um do you have anything that's been going on throughout the week to lead us here any stresses i know from before we was talking about work and stuff so go ahead like i said the trailer the weekend yeah was great We went to the haunted house. Yeah. If we want to tell some stories about our time in the haunted house, how was your experience? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Have you been to a haunted house before or like, has it been to that level? Not to that level. Okay. Yeah. Same here. This was honestly all the captain's idea because she blended it in my head since about a year ago where she wanted to go. And I was not with nothing because I didn't like the energy of being spooked with the thought of somebody chasing me with all that other shit. But I came in here with a different kind of energy and it was fun and good. How was your experience while we was waiting online while you was in the rain? Because we kind of had umbrellas and you was just in your fit. And I mean, we was getting rained on for like a good hour. How was that?
1: The rain was annoying. Inside my coat because I've worn that many times. Mm -hmm. I like it because
0: inside it typically stays dry, so it was dry on the inside and it was just damp on the outside. Oh, okay. all right. How was the feeling of when we was waiting online and we had characters come up to us while we wait? That's a good kind of part that they add towards Oh, I was with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering what the hell was going on. I thought people was just dressed up to enter the thing and then I saw people just acting out online and I was intrigued, but we had a certain captain that was uh not with the bullshit <laughs> oh yeah the captain went poof Ooh, boy. <laughs> oh boy oh did she ever go poof uh, a certain somebody uh wanted some time with their trike and i gave them the old what for for that yeah, so
1: the character, it kept things interesting while it was still raining. Oh, yeah. Mother the nature of the society, yeah, we're just going to give you all
0: the water today. Facts. Oh, my God. Yo, we looked up beforehand that it was going to rain, and we was out there waiting for the Uber. And then Uber finally took us all the way there. And then by the time we literally got on the premises, it started raining hard body and did not stop until we got even closer to the tent. And then it still was raining while it was like it still increased while we was under the tent.
1: I was laughing when they was giving out their ponchos. I looked at the ponchos. I was like, "Who going to fit in this?
0: <laughs> I mean, I wanted to get for the captain. At that point, she was just accepting it. So Yeah. But yeah, they, the characters
1: made the lines entertaining.
0: Yep, 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 yep. The actors and things that jumped out of us from Pigman to Mr. Touch Me Long Time Nipples. <laughs> uh, Mr. Disappear on Us. Mr. I'm Too Sexy to Stay in the Damn Haunted House. I don't know where that man went. I don't know. I was looking for him, too. Exactly. But now let's talk about like that main part, though, when we went inside the haunted house, how was your experience going through all of that? Especially the parts where we was ducking. What were you doing at the time? You had, Were you ducking too? There were some parts where you had to crawl and bob and weave. Yeah. Yeah, But for the most part, I was there enjoying myself. I was dancing. I was dancing too. Chatted up with the ghosts. Facts. And the spooks. Facts. We will never forget about two experiences in there. When the flashing lights went out and the zombie tried to get closer. And I just started partying with homie. And I had made him so big lit that he was about to join us. <laughs> that was fun yes it I was. was between that and then our double team on that one zombie dude that was he was so pissed off that he just stopped being in character he flowed up to my face and tried to bug me out and i matched his energy like the moment he turned around to you yo you had him pissed off after that we was both clowning him but you was like get back to busting them dishes and after that he was done
1: Yo, I was messing with him.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Homie's dead-ass cut character. He cut character. That's how pissed he was. Listen, he was trying to be scary, and I'm like,
1: I don't scare that easily. Oh, yeah. So, the only way you can scare me is if you catch me off guard. Oh, facts. So, he came rolling out, and yeah, so I told him, I just told him to make sure he washed them dishes. He was like, true yeah. that." I was
0: like, yeah. Son, he was done, bro. He cut the, yo, I can't get over. There was a lot of people that was, like, fully committed to the character, but man, I, I that was just too rich. We did, it was the gem getting people out of character that whole time. It was, it was great. Between that and the Scooby-Doo Swap. (laughs) Scooby-Doo Swap. right, so you and the captain was more to that, so give your account of the story of what happened, because all I remember was the scream and the turn around and that.
1: So, we were all together, so the dude looks at me, he's like, shh. I'm like, what you want, what what you want to do? He's like, he that he wants to go between us. I'm like, okay, I'm down, so he goes in between
0: us, and so at this point, we're in the dark. The captain has no idea. So he saw you and uh-huh. then y'all devised a plan here at this point. <laughs> How he, long was I walking away from you? This was in the instant. He looked at me. He was like, oh, okay. and he was like,
1: okay, I'm going to come in <laughs> between y'all. You,
0: he gave you the look and you knew it was go time.
1: Yeah, he gave me the look. I was like, oh, you going to come. Yes. I was like, okay. Uh-huh. So at this point, we're, we're walking through that dark corridor. So you, you can could not see anything. No. So at this point, it's the captain, mm-hmm. it is him, it is me. Mm-hmm. So I guess when we got to the lighter area, the captain turned around
0: and realized it wasn't me. Woo! <laughs>
1: I wish I could have saw her face.
0: <laughs> Boy. Boy, I saw all of it, and it ran straight towards me. Where I had to grab it, make sure she had run super far at that point, because holy crap, Captain! I'm sorry, I had to take advantage of the opportunity. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was the perfect it was the perfect situation for it. So, I mean, I don't blame you. I know there's a judo throw coming in my future for that, but <laughs> probably, probably big time, exactly. But it was worth it. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, 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 haunted house in general, going through both buildings were great. Uh, shout outs to everybody out in that Jersey area that built that haunted house and have everybody working hard as they can. That was a blast. Honestly, I I was not one for asylum, but they definitely got me hooked. Uh, if, if like my thing is if I start on the first time with something and it like blows me out of the water, then it's always a one, because that's how I feel about even bar crawls. The first bar crawl I have, I had. I always tell you that I had it with Kel, and then after that, that kind of destroyed other bra crawls for me. So it's like if I start out on a high, high level, that's what's up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yep, yep, yep. So away from the good times of the, in the haunted house, let's go towards uh, our weeks because it looks like our weeks might have been paid for our good times on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Monday was crap. Mm.
0: Tuesday was crap. Mm.
1: Wednesday was eh.
0: Mm. Today was better. Okay. Okay, at least it's looking up. Hopefully, uh, going into Friday and past that, we'll be still looking further up. Yeah, so far, yeah, it's looking good. Good, good, good. Me, on the other hand, I mean, other than today, like, outside of work, friend gathering and stuff like that, seeing longtime friends, helping them through uh, some situations, uh, seeing Cuzzo, uh, getting this mic and chilling out and having good times, that's good on the side part. But work... Oh my god. <laughs> this week, I mean, I promised to bring up this story during the trailer portion of things. So, my coworker is out for the next 2 weeks. So, this week and next week. They're out on vacation and it's the usual thing. They set up for that beforehand, so I got nothing against the person. Now, he was the head of the booth, so he'd be there around my time setting up for it and taking people in line and stuff like that. I help out with the booth, you know, once when they need me and stuff like that, but he's gone for for the next 2 weeks and then i'm the earliest one to get there so i gotta set up the booth and everything so monday was your regular regular. i'm used to this stuff already in the booth so uh i got everything going in the system everything's all good tuesday Oh boy, Tuesday was the big rush mess that kind of pushed past from what the situation from Monday was. So on Monday, I saw this one old black lady and she was trying to come in for an office visit or something like that, something that was going down. And she has a certain copay that you have to pay to see the doctors. I mean, it's what you got your insurance for. It's what's supposed to be there. Now, she only had to pay, I think about $20 in her copay. And a situation was that she didn't have the money, but she wanted to come back another day where she would have to pay another copay, a different pay amount. And she said she'd bring the money then. Now, my thing is, I don't know this lady. I haven't established anything with this lady. So I told her what it was in a respectful manner because I work in the booth and I understand how to talk to people. So I talked to her gradually about the situation and she was making a big deal about trying to come back. Now, I don't I don't know if you're actually going to come back. You would probably cancel that appointment. People have no-showed stuff before, so we can't just let you slide. But I let her talk to my supervisor. She talked to my supervisor. She was the usual something and they talked it out and she was all good perfectly fine let her go it was perfectly good she comes back the next day talking about how her blood pressure went up, X, Y, and Z. And she was talking about how it was disrespectful to her and a whole bunch of stuff. Now, her level of disrespect back to me, when she wasn't even like in my line, I was working to check in about three other people. And out the corner of my ear, I could figure that she was talking to me because she went around to the booth supervisor and was talking to her. Now, the day before that, the Monday my supervisor heard how I was talking to the lady and she knows that I wasn't disrespectful, but this lady came out calling me a monkey a welfare baby, uh, disrespect for black people. She wanted to speak to Spanish people better. She talked about her youngest grandchild is 35. None of this stuff has anything to do with me, but she wants to raid me the entire riot act and call me out of my name in every kind of way while I'm just trying to do my job. I don't look at her, but I can hear her. So I'm just like, keep going, keep going. What, what, Whatever you got to say, because I have tough skin. I don't care. But I keep hearing that in the side of my ear and I'm like, okay, interesting. So my boot supervisor comes comes by to me and she says, we're going to try and apologize. I have no ill will against anybody. If we try to set up something, I don't mind it. I could bring the smoke back, but I don't feel like getting fired. So I go over there and I'm literally trying to talk to the lady. And in the midst, she's not even giving me the courtesy of an eye contact. She's looking straight at the supervisor the whole time, trying to cuss me out, thinking that she's slick. And then she's just constantly talking, 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 talking. And then I'm trying to say an apology back, even though I owed an apology because she's not being respectful in one inch. She's saying all this stuff to the booth supervisor. And as I'm literally trying to say, I'm sorry. She says, no, F off, and then walks away. So that was Tuesday. And the energy has not re- like everybody from the booth wise that I've checked in. I've handled stuff since Monday and I've been doing it into today and we still get a rush of people. But even when you get a rush of people, I come by and people are sweet. People are nice. People are people can see my energy. They, they smile. They, God bless me. And X, Y and Z. Everything's been perfectly fine. That lady is the only situation that I have had in the booth this entire week. And she's taking it a whole different standard. Talking about, I raised her blood pressure, but she came in with a higher level of energy of anger than I've ever seen than the day before. So she's raising her own blood pressure at this point to come back with the same energy at a different day.
1: Man, listen, I know the amount of that professionalism we talked about on the trailer. Oh, yeah.
0: And and the worst part about it is face-to-face. It's not over the phone, because you can get cussed out over the phone, but it's when a person is saying this stuff, and they're visually right in front of you, but they're not looking at you. The amount of
1: professionalism that had to be
0: applied Ooh, at that moment. Boy. I just, I was working throughout the whole time. She could call me all the X, Y, and Z. I still was checking in people. I didn't take a time to pause. I didn't do nothing. We still had a line of people. What am I supposed to concern with? (sighs) The funny part about it is when the story came up, the supervisor was telling it to everybody else around. They were all sat there and started laughing. And they was like, Nick, Nick of all people. They all, everybody said they would have expected that from everybody else. But Nick, really? You're trying to get Nick? In trouble? (laughs) That's the level of people knowing me at that job. They're like, Nick was talking to you disrespectfully. That's weird. (laughs) That's weird, miss. I'm just thinking about the ways I could
1: professionally disrespect you.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Indeed. And I love it when people come up and always have the iconic line of, I work in the health industry or I worked here before. I'm like, you could have worked here two days ago. Everything changed. Two days ago, something that cost two eighty is now four hundred dollars. So I, I like. Hello. <laughs> Shit changes. Shit changes every day.
1: Yeah. Having that experience of working in that environment, no thank you. I was like, don't never put me in the Oh fight. yeah.
0: Oh yeah, man. This has been uh four plus years of, of some something else. That that's what I can describe it as. This is why I've always said I could never work retail. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've learned that I remember I used to work at a fancy movie theater. I've seen levels to the disgust people can be from working at a hood health center to fancy movie theater in the city, I've seen all levels of disgust. Oh, I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. And I was working in the movie theaters during uh, the time Fifty Shades of Grey was in movie theaters, so you already know people who's nasty. Oh, man, listen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. Getting up was a humbling experience. Nothing says humbling after you get that degree than uh, sweeping and stuff after movie theater. Oh, yeah. I've touched
1: on my story of coming across the dude that had the master's degree, was working oh, yeah. at a cashier at mm-hmm. Macy's. Change your life. Oh, yeah, man. S- scared me straight. I was like, oh, okay,
0: shit. listen. I think more people need the realization, man. We need to hit them high schools and let them know for real, for real. Different ways.
1: The amount of debt sunset he had, Ooh. and that's the reason why he was working as a cashier at Macy's Damn to pay man. off them debts. I was like, okay, yeah. What Dang, we're not going to yeah. do shift that. is this. Not at all. If we can avoid it.
0: We're going to avoid it.
1: So I called all the bulls. I was like, all right, this ain't it because now nah, you're not going to get me. <laughs> Shit, you grabbed the bull by the horns and you took
0: control of your own life, big dog. Had to because otherwise... Look, Looking at it now, man. Shit. I mean, I respect it. I respect it. It's got to be done. Between that and interest, I was like, nah, this ain't the wave. Exact. So you got to keep on moving and keep on shifting. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. A chance encounter t- changed everything. So. Right. Right. So any more different stuff during the week or, or that's, that's set for you?
1: Not. I think Tuesday was the peak. And after that, you yeah. know, it started to slowly come down.
0: Same here. Same and now here. we're here. I think other than the Russian people and stuff like that, other than that, it's going to be uh, pretty calm for so far. So going into our second segment of the night, we're going into our OTC segment, Off the Cuff, and we're going to be chatting on a topic that we just throwing out to the table. Now, I was thinking on my end for the Off the Cuff, this is something that I think we discussed before, but if it, it feels like something that it's time to bring back up again. And I'm throwing it to the table as just kind of conversation, just the idea of starting anew. Because this is our journey now uploading and presenting ourselves to the public. So, how do you feel about starting anew?
1: Hmm, that's a kind of loaded question. Yeah. Because um, there's levels to starting anew. Yeah. In um, the general sense, sometimes a fresh start is what you need. Yeah, 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 yeah. Along with a change of scenery. Sometimes
0: starting a new can be the best thing for you yeah you never know i mean sometimes starting a new is the shift that you need to really bring out stuff that you really didn't know about yourself
1: yes starting a new could be something as small as just
0: coming out of your comfort zone yeah moving
1: yeah change of scenery
0: mm-hmm. change of working environments
1: yep change of employment yeah you're right yeah
0: yeah. You never know uh, what could life be like if you stayed in one field. Maybe you wanted to shift up. Maybe you could find a different passion. You could find a different set of friends. You could find a different stuff that you never realized you was interested in.
1: Absolutely. And um, yeah, starting new could even be mentally, but you just yeah. take, a, take a, a step back. Different outlook on life. I mean, re- you can refocus you, on everything. If you're yeah. dealing with something, uh, take some time to address it and then come back
0: fresh. Facts, facts. Well, I, I mean, just the the idea of um, of when you stress yourself out so much, thinking of one thing that you have a moment of clarity where you just breathe in, breathe out, let it out, and then you shift your focus on that completely. Maybe it's not as stressful anymore. Yeah. So uh, starting a new, um, basically, I brought to the table pretty much because. I mean, we're now shifting into this new zone of the podcast. We've been so officially, we've uh, been ideally working and training on this podcast for about a year now, and we are ready to present out to the public. So, this is a new stratosphere, a new mindset that we got to think of going forward with recording just as well as just you know this is going out and people are going to be hearing further on and stuff like that so it's just a new frame of mind and a shift that you know goes forward with things
1: yeah just to swing back this was we started this working on this during the pandemic
0: which yep. a lot of people started anew yep yep yeah people was coming out of their comfort zones whether they liked it or not pretty much out of necessity yep 2020 was that year Yep, 2020 was that year, and I mean, that's that's why we decided to collab and chat on this and grab the bull by its horns and started working on our own personal podcast here, eh? Yes, sir. Yep, 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 yep. And here we are. Yep, all right, so that's our fixture of Off the Cuff right there. Uh, before we go into our big topic We're going to lean on our side topics here. So uh, in Reboot News, I don't know if you heard anything on Reboot News specifically, but I know today slash uh, going into tomorrow, they're supposed to be releasing the Dune movie uh, on HBO Max, which I don't know if you remember the original old Dune movie that they had all those years ago. Vaguely. Yeah, I just like they have it on HBO Max. So I decided one weekend to sit there and actually watch what it is because I've already I've always heard about Dune and it being a cult classic and stuff like that and it being you know a important phase in in you know when everybody was a fan of uh, space and science fiction and stuff like that and when it was growing its heights uh, along with Star Wars and Star Trek and everything. So I did watch it. It's a strange, strange uh, movie, but not. Too strange, out of the realm of regular uh, sci-fi stuff. Um, you got uh, some famous actors um, up in there, but like very various uh, people throughout uh, fames and histories and stuff like that. But, like, I've seen the old movie, so it gives me an idea what this new story probably will be about. But, I mean, the changes over time when you have stuff like Reboot to really look at something is just on a casting level. Because, I mean, obviously, uh, movies in, like, the 80s and stuff like that, you're not going to have a diverse cast as what you probably are going to have with this new Dune movie coming out. And I've seen, like, the diversity in, in a casting that they have coming up here in comparison to the like numerous of sea of white actors that they've had back in the day
1: interesting
0: yeah so i'm gonna i've already heard people have been excited about it since i've seen the first one i ideally know where this is gonna go so if they stick with that with a new flavor it should pick up for this uh, next generation pretty much so
1: this hop i actually have a reboot and this caught
0: me off guard let me hear
1: so i find out this week, mm-hmm. that they are rebooting the 4,400. What's that? So the 4,400 is, sh- is a show that came on USA back in 2004.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Basically, its premise was that 4,400 people from 1946 onward mm-hmm. got snatched from whatever time period they were currently in mm-hmm.
0: and all brought to the present. Is this going to be on CW? Yes. Okay, I think I've seen something of it, but I never I never knew it was a reboot. It's a reboot. And, and it blew my
1: mind. So Shit. the reason being, as I talked about the premise, so the show went on for four seasons. Mm-hmm. The show got canceled
0: for do you know the reason?
1: It was it happened during the Writers Guild strike. Oh okay, gotcha. And I guess USA didn't want to continue it. The ratings or whatever have you. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they canceled it. Shit. Now, Now, mind you, the show ended on a cliffhanger. Like, how how
0: big of a cliffhanger? Because I know some really shiesty cliffhangers. A very big cliffhanger. Damn. So, we we were at, uh, the show ended at an apex. Oh, damn.
1: Where where everything was going down, and at the end of the season, that last season that was supposed to happen, season five, would have been lit.
0: Damn but oh, they right. canceled so, it. So now I'm curious how they're going to pick up I mean they got to address it for the older fans I guess that from what I see
1: so far there are not. Uh-oh. The
0: original show mm-hmm. had the people
1: they would take it and they put them back in Washington state. Oh okay. And the new one, the premise is the same, mm-hmm. but it's very they put them in Detroit. Detroit. So there's a lot of color there. So while I'm happy oh, for okay. that, The person that the person that watched the original, I'm like,
0: what the fuck? I mean, yeah, you you got (laughs) questions that obviously didn't get answered. Like I still feel that way about a couple of certain shows that I feel in uh in 2020 uh 2021 could like really use Uh, continuation of stories i'm looking at you super robot monkey team MicroForce go but like i hate apex cliffhangers and then when anything comes back i mean i kind of feel like in the heart of it it has to be even as a slight comment addressed some way so the cliffhanger i feel like the cliffhanger if it's going to be addressed it's going to be in a jokey style
1: that right so you know typically with reboots they'll reboot the show after it's over yeah, Like the 1D, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that this show never had a proper ending mm-hmm. and you're rebooting it
0: yeah, annoys me to no end. I guess they feel like it was so long that I've never heard of this show until I seen CW. I thought CW was doing something different with it. So uh, just to hear that it was a reboot of something is actually an interesting thing to me. So that starts Monday. That's going to be on the list now. (laughs) Now that you've mentioned it to me, I feel like that's going to have to go on the list. And we got to find where we can see the original. And we got to do a retrospective. Um, If I'm not mistaken, the original is on Netflix. Weird. I have not seen that name come up on Netflix neither. Strange. Okay, that's definitely going to be on the list. I'm, I'm probably, I'm going to add that to the list right now. Shoot, that's going to go in for a future comfy couch. Yes, right. when, I, when I found that out, that blew my mind. I'm like, Sweet. are y'all serious? Reboot new. This is why we do the reboot topic because now you just opened something out to me that literally was a flyby. I was literally scrolling and I seen that name. I didn't even watch the trailer. I saw it there and I was like, oh, CW just people CW things. I thought it, it was gonna be
1: another thing like yeah they thought they were slick with removing the the like we wasn't going no. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's literally called CW4400.
1: Man, you should have sort of look on my face when I saw this. I'm Man, like,
0: this is this is why this is why I like this conversation between me and you because it's like it's levels to us. I mean, I know some certain things and you know some certain things. So we definitely come to the table with this and it's always interesting that way. Yep. It was funny cuz the way I found it is I was on Facebook. Yeah. And I see an ad play for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I was talking about. There was a video going off and I saw the name and I was like, I didn't think nothing Of it and skip past it.
1: And so I'm watching it and I'm like, hold
0: up. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm like, hold up.
0: Shit. And then I, I do a section. I was like, oh, you can't be serious. That's funny. That's funny. What a strange way to find the reboot. Just like when I messaged you the video of them rebooting the, the three Caballeros instead of giving us our friggin' uh, Darkwing Duck show. Like it's one of those yeah. who asked for this.
1: Yeah, man.
0: Shit. But all right. So going off uh, uh, the reboot topic, um, we're going to take a small little dip into some stock news. Do you have any updates that you've seen throughout the week? You know what? No, I really don't. Not for stocks. Neither have I. Nothing. No. No, no news. Wise is. Has uh, fallen into my lap To see if anything is like really Shifted Um, I mean We're not experts on this stuff so we're not Like super watching uh, Every system of the stock market But nothing really like stood out Stood out so far this week
1: yeah I haven't Seen anything amazing
0: nothing popped Out at me yeah so we're Just gonna leave stock news as it is And then we'll just follow up if any Updates uh, hit towards Our lap and then we'll just we'll discuss It on the next episode so We're gonna shift into the main event. We are doing Comfy Couch for the week. And this week, we are tackling the show that is living in both glory. And infamy. we are doing Legend of Korra of the Avatar series, episode one and two. All right. All right. So getting into the Legend of Korra, I'm going to speak on some history. So the history of Legend of Korra currently going on the Netflix brand through the Nickelodeon brand in general. Owned by the Nickelodeon, it is the sequel to the hit series Avatar The Last Airbender Uh, starting from April 2012, ending in December 2014. It gave us four books, which is their uh, equivalent to Seasons, 52 episodes by Studio Mir and Perriot. And uh, Studio Period does a whole bunch of famous anime. I mean, Studio Period is famous for stuff like Naruto. We have that and New Generation uh, Life. On a uh, new Avatar and their whole adventures with the crew, pretty much. So that gives us uh, an overhaul of uh, what Korra is, just as the nitty-gritty looking outside. Oh, do you have any uh, history notes yourself on it? or
1: No, you covered what I wanted to cover.
0: Gotcha. And I guess
1: Korra is classified as a cartoon? it's okay
0: back and forth we this is this is going to be a discussion that goes on forever but i mean it'll be classified ideally as a cartoon but i mean you can argue as animation starts to grow and things are put under different banners because i mean netflix has anime and you see stuff under Uh, Japanese animation, but also stuff that's under different studios that come up as anime. So the anime idea is growing, but I mean, as a concept, maybe in mind or gatekeeping wise, I don't know. But you can classify it as maybe cartoon slash anime.
1: Yeah, because its art style is not 100 percent Japanese. It's exactly. Japanese and
0: Western, same thing with yeah. Avatar. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I think they will both be classified as cartoon. It's,
0: it's definitely Asian influenced in in I mean various ways where they talk about spirituality and and chi and X Y and Z. So it's like yeah yeah you can classify it under a couple of genres for sure.
1: Yeah, def- yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's always something I think about when I'm looking at some of these. I'm trying to
0: figure out, like, is this an anime? Oh, for is sure, you... because, I mean, literally we got subsections to, to really see. So it, it's like, what are we tackling? And then it, what does this fall in line towards? Because we have sections of Comfy Couch, uh, Down with BMP, and Girl uh, socket
1: Yeah, because for the longest time, I wanted to believe Pokemon was a cartoon. It's not, oh, but...
0: Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh too. Yu-Gi-Oh foot. Because it was on where its platform is and being Saturday morning cartoons... For the mere fact, I mean, it's going to end up being that way where it's going to connect towards you're thinking for so long that this is a cartoon. But then you see them uh, right in the mix with all the other anime and animated shows that you see. And then you got to start classifying stuff in your head. Is this anime or is this cartoon? What, what are we doing here? exactly but to continue with the legend of Korra so we're gonna dive into our episode notes uh we're gonna do episode one first welcome to Republic City take it away my co host we are busting these notes let's go all
1: right so the show starts with the narrator telling us about the different elements yep so we get Avatar Kyoshi who is earthbending we mm-hmm. get avatar roku who's firebending
0: mm-hmm.
1: we get who i believe is the dope avatar ang airbending possibly yeah. and then we get cora waterbending yeah so
0: the narrator then tells us that basically he starts out saying i'm the child of ang and he tells the story of the end of the war and the change of nations that go from the divided nations into a city that is joined for all benders and all people alike, it's the unity that Aang and the Fire Lord Zuko had brought amongst all the fighting in the war has ended. So it was the unity that brought Bending World together. Yep.
1: And the capital of this new nation is Republic City. Yep. He tells us at this point, Avatar Aang has passed away. And mm-hmm. just like the seasons, the cycle of the Avatar begins anew. Yep. And we got that beautiful opening to start along with the show logo. Yep, yep. So next we see
0: three dudes walking in the snow. Yes, and if you notice from old seasons, once the elders pop out, they're wearing specific guards that show off that they're part of the White Lotus crew. White Lotus was a secret organization pretty much built around Zuko's uncle, and it's very spiritual elders that promote peace and prosperity around the land. So it's it's a nice touch that they go looking for the next Avatar.
1: So the next segment we get introduced to Cora's parents. And yep. we find out they're in the South Pole. Yep, yep. So the White Lotus show up at their house because mm-hmm. they likely requested them. Yep. And they're telling Cora's parents that they've been looking for the Avatar for a minute. And yeah,
0: a lot I mean, of people were saying that they had the Avatar child but they was not doing it. They was like, how do you know your child's the Avatar? So the parents, they call out
1: Cora and a young Cora busts through the wall using Earthbending and with- says I'm the Avatar, you
0: got to deal with it. Oh, and deal with Dagona, because she came in belly first. That, That child, pudgy belly, was there and out there, and she was busting all kinds of combos. They was like, I don't know why you think your child Avatar. They was damn sure she was the Avatar because, man, when she bust out that water, she bust out that fire. When she bust out that Earth, man, there's been jokes going around through the, the series that, like, behind the scenes, like, before they knew she was officially the Avatar. Like, imagine being the Water Tribe family and then imagine the first thing you see come out of your child is earthbending like the image that they always put on online is is Cora's father looking at Cora's mother extra weird if the first thing she did was earthbend he's like oh so you cheating on me huh
1: man listen her parents are probably like when the white lotus got there they were probably like take her old destructive behind with
0: y'all I can tell you right now they didn't know how to handle the moment she bust out with the earth and the fire they was like we know one element and you buy all this ice what are you doing knocking up the rocks and, and shooting fire. You're going to burn our igloo.
1: Dad's probably like, I'm fixed to fix this wall like 15 times already. I'm tired of it.
0: Yeah, I'm fat. You the avatar. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. They got bigger rooms and stuff to keep your ass yes.
1: Like, take her. Now. They probably see the ceiling fall down while she leaves. Like- Facts. So the next scene after all of Korra is showing off is we see an older Korra using firebending to get some firebenders.
0: Yeah, we time skipping right into she being older and training and busting ass with all them combos as well. So she's pretty much a prodigy. Yeah, so she's handling these guys with ease. And then we also, at this point, get our first intro to
1: an older Katara. Yes. Who says yes. that Korra is strong, but the other members of the White Lotus are Not feeling it, and they say that she lacks restraint, which, yeah,
0: probably right. <laughs> oh, definitely, you can see the hot headedness coming straight out of her.
1: So, Cora defeats the three firebenders with ease, and she's celebrating. She's like, Yeah, three elements
0: down, one to go.
1: Katara looks happy, the rest of them, not so much.
0: This also shows a different level when it comes to Cora because. If you remember from old set with the old Avatar series, I mean, Aang was the master of air, and he had to master all the other elements. Korra out here feels like a whole different level of prodigy. She looks like she's really good with her skills on all three of the bending.
1: Yeah, so Korra looks like she's had it easy in terms of learning to bend fire, earth, and water. Yeah, she's one of them gifted children. And now she has to learn the fourth one, air. Yeah. So, and it seems like she's struggling with that one.
0: Air's pretty much slim pickings because, I mean, Aang was the last of the airbenders. So hope one of his children, or if not all of his children, would have some kind of airbending ability. So that means there's a very limited masters that teach her. So,
1: so after is done celebrating, she goes up and asks everybody why they're looking so gloomy. They basically tell her that... One, you're getting ahead of
0: yourself. Two, we haven't decided if you passed the firebender test yet. True, They was like, nah, you better bust them. You better bust them skills. What you talking about? You're not about to leave for no airbender. You ain't mastermaster master master this.
1: They just dropped a little truth bombs here because they're saying that... Ever since you were a child, you've always been good at had, but always ignored the spiritual
0: side. Yeah, abandoned. You need that she was like, "Man, nah, I'm not really feeling that spiritual stuff. I, I just want to beat somebody up. She about the violence. We review a lot of these ladies up in here in these cartoons and these animated. They about the violence. Well, I will give her that that she does acknowledge
1: when she says that she doesn't ignore it, but it just doesn't come as easy. To her, mm. it results to physical. So she, even though she is arrogant as I don't know what, at times she yeah. does acknowledge that she knows that she needs to work on
0: that. Facts, but <laughs> her nonchalant attitude is mm-hmm. very like. I'll learn it when I learn it, pretty much. Like, I'm not going to study around it. I'll just learn it as time goes on. Like, it'll just come naturally, like, everything else, pretty much. Eventually. And then she segues that into getting to train with Tenzin. Yep. Cause... That is, uh, that's the person we heard narrating through the beginning of that stuff. Because that's definitely that voice. And, and that person definitely looks like Aang, just old, really old.
1: Yep. So, they convene, and they agree. You know, Katara was the one to say, you know, yeah. Because Katara's with the shit, so... Mm-hmm. So Katar was like, Yeah, she's ready. And so they agree and they said, Okay, you can go train with Tenzin. So Cora's excited, she goes mm-hmm. off and she talks to her polar bear dog, Naga. Naga. So the next thing we see is we see Cora and taking Naga to go outside. Yep. Now the guard that was guarding the gate, he was reluctant to even let her out. I mean, it makes sense to me. I see that Cora done been in some trouble for. Because yeah. Cora even says, I'm not going far. Mm-hmm. So, you know,
0: outside and then so the next scene we see a flying bison heading in toward the village yeah so with that ideally in your mind especially when they land and they basically said what the flying bison's name is you know you start to get a little confused because the last series she was like Oppa's was one of the last one along with Aang as the last of flying bison and the last airbender so i mean in your head you got to say that uh that opera had probably found some kind of family or kind of ground that had other flying bison so more fly Flying Bison can flurry out here. At least that's a good positive.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Oppa found him another... Somebody, something. Another Bison somewhere. Yep, so that's good. Let's go, Appa. Yep, yep. (laughs) So here we also get our intro to Tenzin and his family. Yep.
0: His wife, Pema, who is pregnant, Mm -hmm. and his kids, Milo. Mm Mm-hmm. Janora mm-hmm. and Nikki. Oh, boy. And the first thing is, now this is where they like to throw the fandom straight out the window. Now, the first thing we see with Tencent's kids, Janora straight up goes to her grandma and asks her the biggest question that everybody wanted to know during the actual series. What happened to Zuko's mom? Because anybody who watched the series always had that question for the longest time. Now they answered said question in the comic books, but this was the biggest way they could ever have told to read the comic books. Like literally Katara was in moments of telling what happened. And out of nowhere, I don't know where he just pops up as a grandchild would do and just talk a whole bunch of nonsense at the same time. And Katara's, complete face looking at her granddaughter annoyingly is money oh definitely then you got milo with his unhand me woman (laughs) oh yeah milo was not understanding this was grandma at all and and for for katara to be that that dark-skinned grandma and milo to be out here disrespectful i know back in my day i would have gotten clapped for that but hey to each day only about
1: peace and then you
0: got the motor mouth icky going Oh, fifty thousand mile miles a, a minute. minute. Gra- grandma, grandma looked like the only person she really wanted to deal with was Genora Yo, can we talk about
1: Tenzin shooting up the club?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 big time, big time. He was basically Adam in this situation. He tried to shoot up the club and make sure there's as many airbenders as possible. And right now, I mean, if, if you look so far, there's three new ones, so he's doing a pretty good job. And then here comes Katara coming in on Pema talking about, I said this is going to be an airbender. Pema was so stressed. She was like, can I get five minutes while somebody blown wind in my... pima was like, listen, I just want one non-bending no child. Which, I mean, you out here married and letting the son of the Avatar shoot up the club. I mean, this is what you signed up for, so... <laughs> so, Tenzin out here trying to repopulate the whole Air Nation. Man, there's nobody else around as far as he knows, so yeah, he gonna try.
1: Yo, so it was funny because Pema asked Katara were... Her
0: kids, including yeah, that's when Tenzin, like yeah, that, that when they were when they were younger. And I she was like, we officially hear the name of Ang's other children, Kaya and Boomi. You don't see Kaya and Boomi anywhere near this. But, I mean, we hear what their childhood pretty much is kind of like. Yep. And she was like, yeah, Ka- Kaya and Boomi, yeah, they was wild like this.
1: Tenzin, oh, yeah. nah, nah, not so much. He, he always been like this. And Tenzin yeah, looked Ma. at her like, like really, Ma? That's
0: what we doing? you like, Ma, <laughs> really? you just going to disrespect me in front of my family? Come on. Well, we know Katara don't get no shit about nothing, so. Hell no. Not at all. And you my pick-me. Why would I care? I wiped your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tenjin sees Cora, and
1: Cora tells him how excited she is, that she's going to be training with him. Yep. looks at her.
0: He come in with the tragic news. He be like, man, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I ain't, I'm just going to be here for the day. I'm yeah. just here for the quick visit. Yeah, because Pema was like, yo, you got to tell her. And so he tells her. And Cora, you know, she's
1: disappointed. She's like, you were supposed to move here and teach me. Mm -hmm. And he apologizes. And basically, he says the Airbenton training will have to wait. The next scene, we see Cora asking for a time frame. Like, are we going to talking about a week, a month? Trying to learn. And Tenzin says he don't know because Republic City is real unstable right now. And as a leader of
0: the city, he has a responsibility to it. Man, he's saying this in very vague languages. Like, I understand why he's not trying to tell Korra exactly. Or uh, maybe they don't even know what the situation is. But he's talking about how things is unrestful and things is kind of shaky right now. I'm, as a watcher, kind of curious to understand what is he talking about. What What is so serious that you can't train the Avatar, per se? Is the city at war right now? Like, I mean, your father found time to train in the midst of a hundred-year war about to go down and constantly going down. So it's like... What's going on, Tenzin? Yeah, I- I took that to be that something is really going left. It's got to be. And whatever it is, it's got to be done serious. And it's something they're trying to keep on the hush-hush. Yeah, it's got to be secret. So, of course, you know, Cora's not
1: feeling any of that because she's like, ah. you, you have a responsibility to the city, but you also have a responsibility to me. Facts. You're the only
0: airbender, man. you telling me they don't got forces out there to help?
1: And That's what she's saying. She's like, I would be happy to go find another airmaster, but guess what? You're the only one. So, you,
0: Facts, I'm stuck man. with you. You, son, you bought this life now, man.
1: So, then Cora comes up with the idea of going to Republic City with him. Yep. And Tenjin was like, Nah. What you mean, nah? Nah. He's like, the city is too dangerous and angst tasked us, that's him and the white lotus of mm-hmm. keeping you safe while you master the four elements. My son Tenzin is like, You can't come because the block is hot. Cora is not with it. Nope. Tenzin again says, It ain't the right time for you to go to the city, which raised my
0: eyebrow because he's like, Okay, something's definitely going on in the city. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, Yo, you, you stressing it and you guessing the situation. I mean, something must be going down, big dog. So Cora gets up and leaves in classic teenage fashion with a whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and the next thing that happens is classic teenage stuff just as well so Tenzin and his family say goodbye to Katara
1: and they leave on Mm -hmm. their bison so Korra sees them leave and next scene we see is Korra attempts to sneak away on Naga Mm -hmm. Katara shows up damn and Katara says nice
0: night for an escape isn't it right because she knows these moods perfectly man Listen, Qatar is with all of this. About this life. Qatar, she, she hitting close to 100 years old. Qatar been there, done that, been part of the revolution. Listen, I know it. Yeah, so
1: Qatar tells her, listen, I right, your destiny is a Republic City. It's time for you young folks to take on this
0: responsibility of uh, mm-hmm. keeping the balance and keeping the peace. Literally, the literal changing of the guards within a hug. And not to only say that, but man, tell me that's not something... Like, honestly, on a spiritual level, as they were talking about earlier, Katara just hugging Korra before leaving is another time Katara gets to hug her husband because that's the reincarnation of her husband. This this hits on a deeper level.
1: That is true. That is very much true. Because the avatar, of course, is Korra. But yeah, so, Katara's with it because... Katara that has that same energy.
0: She's not gonna be she can't be one of them old people that be like, I forgot all the shit that I used to do back in the day. I used to escape all the time. She had an episode where she snuck out from the group at nighttime. Like, she can't be this.
1: So Cora then says goodbye to her parents. And I was like, All right, go on, have a safe journey. Go on now. (laughs) Get out.
0: (laughs) Get out. (laughs) My wallet had enough. Get out.
1: (laughs) Right. And then off she goes. She goes on a boat with Naga, and they head to Republic City. So it's morning. They get to Republic
0: City. Yeah, and they spooked the shit out of the people unloading the boxes. I guess nobody really did a double or a triple check, because once they came flying out, she was like, thanks for the ride. They all like, what the fuck? I guess nobody was looking for a polar bear dog in the avatar. Nah, at all, even though so, they was moving boxes. So I don't know. <laughs> so at this
1: point, they're, they're looking around the city and they see the air temple Island with tension yeah. lips
0: yeah and i mean along with that we see a futuristic city like this city has definitely brought the avatar series into the modern age per se because the city looks like new york pretty much it's all like the new york in the era where ford cars just have hit the markets and stuff like that like everybody's uh steampunk timey and, and satomobiles and everything going around everything's like, for the Avatar, you know, way of things, we see bridges and towers and people living in modern era, different clothing and everything. So, it's definitely a change that's taking place. Definitely. And so, Corey is ready to go over to Air Island
1: to mm-hmm. go see Tenzin, but Naga has other ideas. Oh, yeah. Naga running a whole muck for food. Son, she in the streets causing all types of accidents. Yeah,
0: facts. Them is gonna pop.
1: So Naga finally stops at a food stand. She, she pokes her head in and is about to chow down before Cora stops her. And she whys.
0: She's like, oh, man. Naga was big disappointed. She,
1: so Cora goes over to the shop owner and asks for one of everything they have. And and the shop owner told her it, it was twenty yuan. Cora mm-hmm. tells shop owner she don't have no money. The owner Facts. looks at her. and says, "What good are you to me?" Facts,
0: real money type shit. Like like you ain't got no money. Why are you trying to get one of everything? Like just cause you you who you say you are. Like get away from me.
1: She's like, if you don't get out of my shop, Facts. take this beasts with you. Your money is. You. <laughs> so they leave. And the next thing we see is we see Cora in the park
0: yeah, eating sure. fish, cooking them.
1: Cooking them with the fire bending. Or some hobo pulls up <laughs> Yeah, the holy person pulled up on her, and Cora was like, I thought everyone in Republic City was living it up. He the said, oh, oh,
0: it. Like he was like, Nah. Not at all. That's how you know she a foreigner, straight up. she be thinking everybody living life like, nah, bro, we got homeless people too. So then we see a cop come yelling, talking about, you can't fish here. The homeless guy's like, yo, you better go. Nah, my son said, I was with the shits, you got to go, and my bush ain't one of them. Bye. Yep. She hopped on Naga and dipped. Yep. And my son hopped out the bushes to say goodbye to her. Yep. He waved like, bye. (laughs) So the next thing is we didn't see an equalist a.k.a. anti-bender, yeah, rally. Man spouting stuff about Icarus, and, and he was talking about somebody named Amon and just being against the benders, and benders are oppressing them, and a whole bunch of other rhetoric.
1: Yeah, he was speaking it. Like yeah. he was saying, he was like, the bending elite of the city has forced non-benders to live as second-class citizens. He was like, join non, and together we will tear down the bending establishment. So, very right here...
0: Rev- very revolutionary to be in the friggin' park.
1: Right here, we see that. Benton is not loved by everybody in this city. So it definitely ain't no peace and balance over here.
0: No, no, something's definitely up. But we're getting to understanding what Tenzin was definitely talking about. So, of
1: course, Cora just strolls on through. And she asks him, what is he talking about? And says, bending is the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So, the guy, he he comes back and says, Yo, let me guess you're a bender. And she's like, yeah. And he was like, going her at this point. He's like, you love to just knock me off this platform with some water bending." True. Sure. And then Cora took the bait and like yeah, she's thinking about it. The guy was like, this is what's wrong with Titty. Benders like her only use their powers to oppress us.
0: And Korra's snapback was "You're well you're oppressing yourself. He like, that don't even make sense. <laughs> so Korra's finding out real
1: quickly that listen if you got Bended abilities listen you ain't liked by everybody in this uh, city.
0: Not everybody with your shit.
1: So I think that was a rude awakening for her for her being where
0: the bending
1: is revered and the Avatar especially to come to the city like, nah, we don't like you benders. we out of here. Mm-hmm. So next, we see Korra asking the lady for directions to their temple
0: island, right? Mm-hmm. So- but right in the midst of that, cars start to pull out on these people and everybody starts fleeing and going inside. The reason behind it we find out pretty much as they terrorize the city is this is like triad gangster pop up on it they terrorized the town folks for protection money pretty much
1: yeah so at this point the lady was telling her that it's not safe and she should go but it was too late for that because the triple Mm -hmm. threat triad Mm -hmm. rolled up on one of the store owners mr chung and was shaking him down for protection money now we find out that these guys are benders Yep. Mr. Chong says he doesn't have the money. Guys say give him the money or else. So, Cora being Cora, she steps in and she says, or else what? <laughs> They laugh at her, and they tell them that this is triple threat triad territory, yep. and they're about to put her in the hospital.
0: Shit, sure. go ahead and try.
1: Now, Cora, she claps back and says, "You're the ones that are going to need a hospital, and I hope there's one nearby."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if it's one thing we've learned about Cora so far, it's that she is about that action.
0: I told you, violence. 100% violence. Yup. She is with it. I mean, she swelled up. That's another thing about her whole design in the first place. She definitely swelled up. Son, she cracking her fist. They asking her who does she think she is. She said, why don't you come on and find out? She ain't say, I'm the avatar to deal with it. You're going to find out, and then you're going to deal with it. So she
1: basically, like, come on
0: if you're bad. Yep. And she showed them what's what for sure.
1: So the first dude, water bends, mm-hmm. throws that Katara. Katara throws it right back at
0: him. Breathes his ass and head. Kicks him into the car. Washes. What's that? Please. whole shit, knocked down. The next dude attacked. She earth bends and sends him flying who
1: all the way up in the sky. Uh, the last one attempts to fire bed, and Cora
0: just walks through it like it's nothing. She then grabs his hand in a test of strict style type shit.
1: And throws him through a store window. And then, and then she says, the got an idea about who I am now, chumps?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the people in the background seeing her do all the stuff, they was like, commentating on all the stuff on the bending she was doing, and they realized that was definitely the avatar.
1: So they tried to escape in their car, and Cora uses Earthbending to
0: jack up the car so much that it crashes into a nearby store. Oh, that just straight up alerts the police. The metal bending police pulls up straight on his ass. Like you said, the police pull up. Mm-hmm. Cora
1: was like, I caught the bad guys. So they arrest them. And then, at the little chest, they arrest Cora too.
0: Shoot. It was like, yeah, we're gonna take y'all. You too. It's
1: like, what you mean, me? Like, nah, I'm out.
0: Oh, that's nah, what we're you doing. Say, nah, nah, woo, no, woo. You <laughs> now you ain't going nowhere. He said, you're going down to the station. And then Cora was like, nah, I ain't with nothing. And then she hauled ass. And they was like, nah, you ain't going nowhere. This is where we start to see the police force pull off like a Spider Man type sense because they was on her ass, blimping all just tying her ass up and dragging that shit. Yep, like, gotta. Snatch that up, uh, <laughs> Naga up. Naga couldn't do nothing. It's
1: like, yeah, come on, come on, Polar B, you coming too.
0: Facts. <laughs> they got Naga on charges of ru- of ruining them cars earlier.
1: Like, right, y- y'all both, y'all both coming it.
0: Facts. Ooh.
1: So, at Police HQ,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we get our first intro to Lin Bei Fong.
0: Yes, yes, the daughter of Toph. Man, they was, this lady was reading Cora the riot act and was not caring that she was the avatar at all. She was like, I know who you are and I don't give a
1: fuck. Lynn, she was reading off all them charges and Cora was trying to explain and Lynn was not hearing none of
0: it. Lynn had Q-tips straight up the air. She wasn't with none. She's like, you should have called the police and fell back. Shit, for way back. What you mean? Handle
1: yourself? Nah, that's our job. And like you said, Cora was telling her, like, I couldn't stand back and do nothing. I'm the
0: Avatar. Linda's like, I know who you are. Rags, I don't give a shit. It's my town, my city, my area. What you mean? You stepping on my hook? She, and she's like, Your Avatar title may impress
1: some people, but it's not impressing me.
0: Nope, I'm Lin Bay Fong in this shit.
1: Heard me. So then Cora asked to talk to who's in charge. And Lin, like, hey, man. that's me.
0: And me, big lady.
1: And then she tells her who she is, and Cora's like, Toff's daughter? And Lynn's like, what about it?
0: <laughs> smoke. It. That, that sounded like smoke from the mama.
1: For real. And Cora was like, Aang and your mother were
0: friends, in
1: the so why you treating me like I'm a criminal? Because you are. <laughs> Lynn is like, that's ancient history, it ain't got nothing to do with the mess you're in.
0: You said, look at these charges, you are a criminal.
1: <laughs> she was like, you can't just walk in here and dole out vigilante justice.
0: She said, who do you think you are, Batman?
1: <laughs> I was like, wow. So the Avatar went to revert Hero to the Green Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> so, son, I'm like, man. And so while that's going on, one of the officers let Lin know that Tenzin is here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, let him in. So Tenzin is hella annoyed at this point.
0: Tenzin was like, first of all, why are you here? Second of all, I got to talk to Lin. Hi, Lin. How you doing? talking about Lynn, you looking radiant as usual. Boy, boy.
1: Lin told him to cut the garbage.
0: Shit. Lin here for no bullshit. So, it's, you know, they got history. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and, it's definitely that level. And Tenzin might be for the streets. Oh, yeah. That's a different comment for a different time. Tenzin, let's not say it's only Tenzin, because mm, someone I'm, else
1: will. I'm
0: like, I don't know if Tenzin living this monk life. <laughs> mm, he's, I mean, let's talk about the moment it happens After he done collected Cora and every, after he came to collect Cora and said he was going to repair all the charges and stuff like that. First of all, we got the iconic meme of between Cora and Lynn that is in every GIF. The damn look off, stare off and Lynn, not giving a fuck, The not giving a fuck Lynn face is perfect. But beside all that, going past that part, We have that scene where Tenzin's talking to Korra and Korra brings up something about Katara. And Tenzin has a moment where he literally turns red heated and says, don't talk about my mama.
1: Oh, definitely, man. He's
0: spazzed. Fuck a, fuck a whole monk life. The moment you talk about my son, man, he said, Don't bring my mama in th- up in this. And But she was like, Kato was the one that told me to come here. Hey, she hey, said, hey, My hey, destiny hey, is in hey, Republic hey, City. Hey, 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 silence that shit. My mama ain't say <laughs> shit. My mama, oh, what you be? You trying to put this on my mama? <laughs>
1: Yo, and every time I see that scene with um Lynn and Cora, say to them, I got my eyes on you, Cora. She's like, nope. I got my eyes on you too. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, Lynn, just Lynn don't care. It's, it's my city. Shit. She told Tenzin, get this woman out of my city. Get this I with you
0: the fuck out of here.
1: But let's talk about, Tenzin talk about he gonna cover all the charges.
0: Tenzin, you got bread like that? I mean, he the son of the Avatar and they got a big-ass statue of that shit. I mean, he probably big gassing it. He just said, put it on my bill. And he got a high-ass bill, but he never touching that shit. He part of the monk life. It's one of those where you get rid of your earthly possessions. He gets a bill and be like, It's no longer a part of me anymore. Like, Tenzin, you gotta pay
1: this bill. Nope. Right. I know. Like I said, I'm questioning this whole monk life thing. I know. Something seems to ride around here.
0: He said, "It's not about my life. I have four children to feed. It's not about my life." <laughs> so, as we were talking about Tenzin's
1: mama, but Morris... I mean, hold on, hold on.
0: but on a second thought, I mean, what's that island? Is that his island? If, that, he, that... if he owns that island, then he probably has money.
1: That's what I'm saying. We don't know the origin of this island. Like right. I said, my theory is Tenzin got bad bread, and this, this monk
0: life is a sham. I mean, if he takes off that robe, he got gold like a Persian rug. I mean, I ain't surprised either. He used the monk life as an excuse to shoot up the club. I can see that. And also, he's the son of the Avatar, which they have a whole freaking statue of. So, I'm I'm pretty sure. I can believe if he's gassing or not. Yeah, he got some pull. Yep. But back to Korra. Yeah. So, Korra is pleading with
1: Tenzin not to send her back. Mm-hmm. Tenzin is already annoyed. He's like, listen, you done disobeyed me. White Lotus. Then he brings Tenzin's mama into this. Tenzin ain't feeling that. <laughs> So you talk about
0: my mama, you got to get the fuck
1: out. Corey is basically saying that, listen, I can't hold up on my training no more. And me being in the South Pole is not going to help me become a better avatar. Nope. She's like, I've been around the city, and this city is out of whack. Yep, big time. And she says, I understand why you have to stay and why Republic City needs you, but
0: it needs me too. Facts. I'm the avatar. You got to deal with it. Maybe come back to that, right? Yep. <laughs> Belly out. Facts. Belly out first, because you ain't going to stop this.
1: So, at this point, Tenzin is still like, he's still on you. Nah, you going back. So, they're walking to the boat. We see Tenzin's kids. They ask Cora if she's they, staying. Cora's like, nah, happy. I ain't staying.
0: We're extra happy to see Cora. And the moment yeah. they hear, yeah, we got to leave. Tenzin was like, you know what? Damn. Damn, damn. I was trying to get your ass out of here before my kids done show <laughs> up. But now I got kid guilt. Damn you, Cora. Damn you. Yep, at the midnight hour, at the last, last second, I he was like, you. Do you know how much money I had to spend for these niggas to pull around for a shipment on a weekend? Only for you to not go, girl.
1: And he told Cora, he's like, all right, you can stay. Somewhere, Cora's Prince was like going, "Woohoo!"
0: <laughs> that They was like, oh, you got to keep her for the weekend? Oh, you going to keep her for another month? All right, perfect. Uh, honey. Uh, we don't got to reinforce that, that wall no more.
1: So the next thing we see is we see Cora on a pedestal in the city introducing herself as the Avatar.
0: See, I said in my notes, this is Iron Man-esque because this is reminding me a lot of Iron Man's first interview in that first movie where he just said, I am Iron Man because Cora had that bubble where she said, well, I'm the Avatar. I'll take questions now. And that's that's just kind of how that rolled. Yeah, and the reporters, they bombarded her with all types of questions. And even their
1: questions just tell this city is very much divided. Yep. And Cora is just... know all
0: the scoop. And Korra's just
1: like, I just got here. I'm still figuring it out. Angle was to unify this place. And. I'm going to try to do it with y'all, and I look forward to working with you. Yep, yep,
0: yep, man. All those words are sending all throughout the radios that are now very important to this time period. And this information gets sent over to a certain group of equalists that we see in full force here that they turn up. Now, we see one probably head commander in charge there where the message is sent out to this specific person. And the name is said again. We see Amon. I mean, the iconic voice of Steve Blue just radiates through this character so well, and he sets his sights. They say they have to rush up their plan even further now that the Avatar is here. What is their plan?
1: Who knows? Oh, definitely. And at that point, the episode ends, and we get the credits.
0: That's a cliffhanger. That sets yourself up into a world real big. You don't know who this cool and interesting badass villain is, but... Here we are. So my final thoughts on the first episode is the world of Avatar ever growing. The animation, music, and this world just draws you in like it always does in just the Avatar sense. But this is a changing of the guard, animation, and style is just upgraded by a fancy, which was already good in the old series. And this changing of the guard just sets in motion so much. Off the bat, obviously, with that cliffhanger, your death would continue, and this is a great start. So,
1: for me, my nuts were right from the beginning of this. Woo, I forgot how insufferable Cora was.
0: Oh, yeah, Woo. but yeah, this is young and arrogant prodigy type shit for sure. But by the time she got to the city, she kind of got the coach shock and got just a little bit humbled. Oh, yeah. I mean, right off the bat of seeing a, a hobo trying to get food, she didn't know what a homeless person was like, pretty much. Yep, she thought everything was all good in the hood, yeah. in the city, and she found out otherwise. Big time, especially when people don't like her. She didn't have a, a PR answer, per se, to spin that, pretty much.
1: Yep, it's definitely a contrast from Avatar. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got to the end of the episode, I was intrigued. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see what Korra was going to do, how Korra is going to react being in this environment. Yeah. Like, it's taking her from this big fish in this small pond, Mm -hmm. and now you're in this major city.
0: Yep. With a whole bunch of stuff to deal with and stuff that you don't even know that's coming towards you.
1: Yep, with a whole bunch of different benders. Yep. Like, they ain't just one type in you.
0: Ooh. Now, all these benders got all types of different abilities. All these benders, all these situations, you never know who's dealing and who's coming at you.
1: And this is a city, so we got technology that rivals
0: those bended abilities, too. So Facts. this is intriguing. Yep, so there's more to come. So, let's shift into Episode 2, A Leaf in the Wind.
1: Alright, so... Of course we get our intro just like last episode. Yep. We get a recap of the events that happened last episode. Yeah. So now, when we start the episode, Cora is at Tenzin's house and she's reading the paper about pro bending matches. Yep. Now in this new generation we have
0: sports events and pro bending is an interesting take on bending meets sports. So Cora is telling Tenzin that she wants to go to see a match and Tenzin ain't with this at all. Nah. He said, train, train, train. No time to go watch silly sports show. He was like, this sport is a mockery of the noble tradition of bending. Weird. Like niggas wasn't using bending for fun. Come on, man.
1: is still pushing it. Like,
0: listen, I want to go see a match.
1: He's like, you are here for avatar training. And that's it. He was like, for the time being, you're going to have to stay here on this island. And Cora is like, this is why you're keeping the White Lotus Centuries around
0: to watch my every move? hmm And Tenzin's like, yep. You already cost me an arm and a leg trying to fix this shit. You're not going to cost me some more. I just had to sell one gold watch. You want me to sell all these other gold watches to repair the city, Cora? Son is
1: like, when you already came here, you already stuck into the city once. Yeah,
0: I didn't ask you, and I didn't bring you, so.
1: you already on lens radar. I'm surprised she ain't bring down the police here. Ooh. And barricade off the whole island. Ooh. So, listen, you're yeah, you going to stay here, because you're not going to cause me no more grief they peaked. And then he goes on to, you know, say some nonsense about, oh, in order for you to learn airbending, you need to be in a clean, calm environment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, Tenzin. We know what that means. Yep. And so Tenzin then tells Cora that Katara said that Cora has never been able to airbend. Mm. Cora, you know, she paused for a second. I think her pride was a little hurt.
0: Listen, I know after Tenzin heard that he looked at her and he was like, damn, the ghetto. My kids <laughs> could have always done this. Uh, you sound slacking.
1: And so Cora was like, the other elements came so easy, but did nothing.
0: Mm-hmm, the ghetto.
1: And so Tenzin tells her that the element that is the hardest for an avatar to master
0: is the one that's opposite of their personality. Facts. And she's like, yeah, I'm definitely not an airbender. <laughs> I mean, you can tell tell that they're complete opposites of each other between her and Ang, for various reasons. Skin tone, gender, body length, <laughs> mastery yep. of skill, personality. <laughs> like, she wouldn't think Ang and Korra would ever be friends, per se?
1: Yeah, Korra chooses violence. She ain't about this monk life. Yeah, she's
0: not about peace, boy.
1: So, what happens next is that Tenzin brings her to the air temple tool. Mm-hmm. And Genova demonstrates how it's supposed to be used and how you're supposed to use it to learn airbending. Yep. Man, Cora goes through this
0: thing and get crack, swap, spoop,
1: That air to beat her up like she beat up the triple threat triad. Max, man, you know the triad saw so that shit from afar and said, "Yeah, go boards." So it's nighttime and a frustrated Cora is still trying to airbend. She's like, "Come on, airbend, airbend!" Ooh. So, at that point, you know, she hears one of the pro-bending games on the guards' radio. So, she's over there listening, getting into it. And right at the height of the match, it comes Tenzin and cuts it off.
0: Mm, so, you know, of course big annoyed. Big annoyed. The guards, too. They probably annoyed, too. Hell, yeah. They was like, we was listening. Come on. So, how are we going to have to pay for her mistakes? Come on, man.
1: So, the next morning, we see Tenzin and the kids meditating along with Cora.
0: Meditating. Wink, wink. Yeah. Except me, though. He knows he's taking a nap. Shit, he already said be to leave last. Last right. thing he said like shit. I'm chilling, bro. Big snap, bubble Corey's like, what are we doing? He's like, we're meditating. Can we take a second to to talk about Tenzin's face when he realizes his kids were sleeping? Though that little wink when he opened up his eyes, he's like, what? 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 Get up! Yeah, where's <laughs> <Don't embarrass> me? <laughs> son he was like you know at
1: least he got the peaceful relaxing part right i was like <laughs> son of a so milo was a
0: whole gone milo is so much close to his grandfather i swear he really is like bro the Angle would be so proud of milo he like the angle would have looked out into that group of his grandchildren he would have grabbed that little kid and he'd be like yep this one's Definitely mine. And so, Cora, eventually frustrates and walks off saying she's gonna get something to drink. And, yeah, she ain't with this monk stuff. Sorry, she went to go get a drink and somehow ended up all the way going swimming all the way past going right into a friggin' gym of a pro-bending area. What a way to go get a water, huh? Now, Like I said, we knew it was
1: only a matter of time. So, of course, you know, she snuck out from the island and went to the arena. Again. She snuck out again. And these guards are trash. White Lotus is trash. Yeah, man.
0: It's ridiculous. So, she gets to the arena. She's in the gym. She gets busted. The gym owner finds her right off rip. And if it wasn't for another person helping her, she would have been gone, too. Right. So,
1: she's talking back and forth with the gym owner. The gym owner is like, I'm tired of you kids trying to sneak up in here free. I'm
0: about to call security. I'm about to call Lynn. And she's like, no, 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 no. I already messed with Lynn again. Come on, son. You can't have me double thrown out by this white.
1: She's like, Oh, you got heat on me. Listen. So then we get our first intro to Bolin. Yup. Who says Cora. Says by, by telling the jail leader that she is part of their team. Yup. Schmoozing that. Only Bolin
0: can. <laughs> Big schmooze.
1: Yep. She's like, I don't care. Just get out of here. Son was like, I'm tired of y'all kids. Just pay the rent, goddammit. Right? And he's like, Bend throw. Bend the throw. And so now you know, Cora and Bolin are chatting. And they see the whole arena. Yep. And so, you know, they give the introductions... Mm-hmm. and then we see Bolin's brother Marco and Marco ain't too happy to see Corey here
0: nah he like who the hell is this groupie why you got her backstage big dog
1: yep and then Bolin is trying to sell it so of course you know Bolin introduces her to Marco Marco is just completely blows her off yep ain't feeling nothing and you know Bolin is like that's just how he is he's focused he's got it mad and so they go on to have their three man match yep and Corey's just excited because she gets to watch
0: it front and center big time Fun time right the fire ferrets. Fire ferrets are here, baby. Yes. And they're over. Oh, big time. They're big time over with the crowd. Pushing for them big time. Yep, and Corey's just in awe. She's like, I
1: finally watching this match.
0: Yeah, live, front and center, and for free. Hey, you can't be free, 99. Yeah, in a VIP box? Come on, son. She couldn't even get this regulation if she was the avatar. She just got it free because they think she a groupie. Like, let's go.
1: Yep. And so we watching them. They're fire bending. They're out here, water bending.
0: I'm not going to lie. Pro bending, as like a real sport, if you could do all that bending shit, that shit look fire. That shit look fun. Yeah, this this would be wild.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this would be wild. And the fact that they got them little end zones there where you can get knocked
0: off. Yeah, and fall that far all the way into the drink. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah, they got the water there. Now, mind you, the firefighters ain't doing too good right now at this oh, point. They, when they're they, they getting pushed
0: back. Maybe back. throwing that earth disc, hitting them with straight stone and rocket shit. Man, you know, you know, if this wasn't like some straight up cartoon animated shit, yo, you know, ribs got to be cracked. Oh, man. yo, them... You would be hit with that shit, boy. The way how they be looking like they crumbling. Once that smack you in the face, that should be brain damage. Helmet and all, bro. Yes. And the way them disc be hitting. Yo. This is in a great pool. All it- there's a scene we're going to talk about later with Cora, the way how she, oh my God. They're trying to
1: have a little competitive match and it's going along. It's going along. And like I said, this is a good match. When I was reviewing, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, ooh. Yeah. At one point, you see Cora, She's because Mako was just there by himself. You see mm-hmm. him dodging and weaving. Cora's at the edge of the pole. Like, oh, boop,
0: fly, zoop, zop, zip.
1: Like it was three on one. Did it was two on one. Michael mm-hmm. out here he putting on the show. He trying. Big time. He was trying. This match was heated. And then the match was over. And who wins? The Fire Ferrets.
0: Boom, boom, boom. So the Ooh. crowd is happy. Big time happy.
1: And Corey is big lit. So Bowlin pops back. You know he's telling Corey like, "Yeah, we did it. We did it." And Corey's like, "That was freaking amazing." Unfortunately, Michael was just berating his his partner, his teammate. Corey's still hyped, but Michael mm. he not happy. And just, Cora's just impressed by the bending itself. She. So at this point they, I wonder, at this point yeah, at this point they should know she's the avatar but I don't know. And so Cora's explaining it to Bolin that hey look, I'm a firebender and a bender. So Michael finally tells Bolin like, she's the avatar.
0: Thanks.
1: <laughs> and then so we see, next scene we see Cora training with the
0: the earth disc.
1: and she's doing pretty
0: good. Yep, that's the weightlifting exercise over there. Just throw them just do-do-do do, bang bang bang. Corey's like, all right, all right, let me let me try this. Yeah, I got this. I got this. Yeah, let's go.
1: Cora's with it. See another easy adjustment for her. Now, Cora, how about that airbending? Yeah. Oof. I'm saying so. Michael, you know, he he leaves. He's just like, nice to meet you, Avatar. Yeah, and whatever, he, <laughs> he dips up. And so her and Bowling the chat it up. Yep. Yeah. Rob, nice. Nice to Cora found some friends. Yeah. Now back to Airbending.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so is back in the the air tool, getting beat up again.
0: Yep, yup, yep.
1: And this time Cora gets pissed and she starts bending and beating The holy
0: shit out of all of that stuff there. And Tenzin's just watching in horror as honorary uh just just panels are just taken away and washed away. And it was just like, what the fuck? But the
1: look on Tenzin's face,
0: Sam was like, that was a
1: 2,000 year old historical (laughs) treasure.
0: Facts. Like, what the hell?
1: What the hell, Cora? What the hell?
0: Yeah, you throwing me off here, yo.
1: Sam was just big. Simon was just big man. He was like, you know what? This, this the bullshit. He's like, what is wrong with you? And she's like, listen, all this stuff you talking, it ain't hitting.
0: Nope. Make it make like, sense, man. Make it make sense.
1: And she's like, maybe because maybe it's not hitting because you're not a good teacher.
0: Shit. Oh, shit.
1: And then he got Milo talking about, yeah, you've been a terrible teacher, Dad. I'm like, shit. yo. And don't get hurt. Son, I'm just like, Tenzin's T- 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 like, yo, this can't be life.
0: Nah, not on tension style.
1: He's like, my own kid. Like, Milo, why? And so it is wild. And then so next scene, we see Pimna, mm. and she's like, yo, where's Cora? And Tender's like, yo, I'm fed up with this girl, yo. He so said I'm done. She's like, yo, all right. She's like, listen, listen, just give Cora some space. Cora some space. Yeah. And then Tender looks at his kids, and he's like, y'all need to promise me y'all teenage years won't be like this.
0: <gasps> <gasps> okay, we'll see about that, big dog. And Hiccup Genora, I will make no such promises. There you go. That's how you know. That's the- <laughs> He's got some independent picnic. And He gonna pay for him one way or another. Yeah, man. Good luck, Mr. Shoot Ch- Up the Club. This is your All consequence. Right, this, 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 yeah, this is double. And Pamela in the back, like at least you gotta go through some level of torture. You get what you want, huh? You want air benders, you get here benders. So Cora went back to
1: the arena and she met up with Mako and Bolin, and they look kind of down. And so what's going on is that basically they figuring that they may have to forfeit the championship game because their third man no-showed.
0: Yeah, Yeah, he was getting sick of that last competition. They was beefing on styles and shit like that. He was like, get off my back. You know, my fucking parrot. And then here we go. Homie no-showed. He was tired of Michael. Michael, He's like, listen, son, I'm tired of you. We're going to scrap. your shit,
1: bro. And so, of course, that's like, you guys can't do a fill-in. They're like, nah, I can't use nobody else. You only compete on one team. And of course, like, well, then how about about me. It's like I can water bend. I got skills. Don't ask me to do no airbending, but
0: I, <gasps> I got you on water bending. <laughs> I mean, out there, they like, I don't think we've played that competition with airbending, so I think you Gucci. And Bolin was like, um,
1: Ain't you the avatar? So ain't that kind of cheating?
0: But shit, she said, mm. I mean, they don't got to know.
1: She's like, As long as I only do water bending, can't nobody tell me nothing. All right, I definitely know. ain't doing no airbending. Definitely ain't doing no airbending. And the Hangamako was like, Nah, I'd rather forfeit. you not going to have <laughs> me looking like a clown out here. Ooh,
0: I mean, you said you only uh, trained for about a day. Like, I don't think you that good. I'm starting to see why old boy left.
1: Yeah. Gassed up. Gassed up. And Coral feeling the same. We're like, yo, wow, thank you. Dickhead. And then here come the guy talking about, are you guys in or are you not? And then here come Coral like, yeah, we're in. Oh,
0: well, oh, okay. I guess they in now.
1: Michael was like, I agree. that He's like, oh, whatever. She's like, whatever. Shit. So then the announcer's like, yeah, Ferris got a last minute replacement.
0: Mm-hmm. And we've we, been there.
1: And Michael was like telling her, don't do that fancy, don't do anything. Just try not to get knocked
0: off the ring. Yup. And then, right as the competition started, Corey B. This is a segment called Cora. Be messing the fuck up, cause boy, oh, yeah. Cora be messing up. I mean, this is her first actual competition, so she don't know how to dude. move just right, and she fucks up right off the rip. Yeah, she would have been kicked some dude off the arena who was all excited. Everybody looking like fire penalty, fire ferrets. Nigga said flag on the play, go for
1: it. Yep. Fuck. and Cora's like, "What you mean?" It's like, Cora, you can't do that. She's like, "Oh, my bad."
0: Mm-hmm. Yo, bad. Oops, my is bad. My bad. Competition,
1: damn it. And. And over the line
0: Yo, like, be show- messing up Cora, like, this is a bullshit mm-hmm. like i show you over the line i'm like uh i said her attitude will be getting it throughout this entire episode she yep. was getting humbled by a lot of shit because, boy, when they started playing, man, when they started making her up. Yo, Bolin and Michael's expressions while this was going on is just classic. Like, bro, this is the reason why we didn't want to play with you.
1: And then, so, they're attacking her with the with the Earth disc and out of instinct, she fire
0: bends. Yep, And they was like, wait, is that water... Bend to fire bending? Like they have oh, to rip it, like, oh like, this is the fucking avatar, y'all. <laughs> she up in this. This some bullshit. I, <laughs> the team was like, this is some bullshit. They got the avatar. Of course the ref blows the whistle. like, foul! I think. I think. <laughs> I've never been through this before. Um, And then they had to have a whole discussion, and they came back and reconvened, and it was like, you know what? If you could just stick with your one bending, you can stay.
1: Now, mind you, back on Air Island, all the guards of the White Lotus, the ones you know that we're supposed to be going to go up. <laughs> yeah, the
0: guys. Yeah,
1: them guys. guys. They're listening to the you Pro mean, Bending like,
0: game.
1: Hmm. <laughs> so they're listening to the Pro Bending game. And Tenzin rolls up and he asks, recorder is because she's not in her room." So he oh, hears the radio. All you
0: hear
1: out the radio is, "Damn, is that that must be the Avatar?" Tenzin like, "What the mother? Yeah. What are y'all doing?" <clears throat> they're like, "It's Oh, the radio." like, "It's the Avatar." She's playing in a Pro Bending
0: match. Sir. Yo, the way Tenzin got red... No, can we talk about between Tenzin getting red and literally the next scene as Korra is playing in the competition and she gets sent straight into the water. As she's crawling out of the water, Tenzin is already fucking there. Like, Tenzin... (laughs) Yo, Tenzin, on the suite of his own anger, got there in 2.5. I don't know if that's airbending or instant transmission at this point.
1: So, Tenzin... Airball probably never moved so fast. Probably going 150 miles an
0: hour. My son didn't airball like his father. He airballed straight into the sky. His father's airball only went forward. His went straight up and straight down. Son, that. <laughs> Yo. Son probably just Superman. Phew. Oh, yeah. That's what I imagined. Because I think it was there way too fast. It was literally a scene-by-scene transition. My son was there in the tunnel underground right there. I'm like, bro, you had to have gone through somebody or put somebody out the way. Like, how you get there so fast? And he's just looking. And she's like, Oh, hey, Tenzin. I thought you Nick, didn't like coming to these matches. Nigga from one of the episodes in Avatar, Secret Tunnels. <laughs> and he
1: looked at her. He's like, You know what? Tide your oh shit, Cora. Tide your oh shit.
0: Facts. You and me are supposed to be here. And are you causing this much grief? He's like, I told you to stay. You don't stay. I told shit. you to go practice airbending. You done blow up a tube. Yeah. I told you to go. But then my kids came in and hit me with the guilt. But now I'm sick of this shit. And he's like, yo, tell you go back to the island. I'm not
1: playing with you.
0: Yeah, you're going to get smacked up.
1: And she's like, why? So I can sit around and meditate. <clears throat> About how bad I am at airbending. Mm. So Corey and her feelings too. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, you know what? Maybe the reason why I haven't learned airbending is because I don't need it. Shit. And Tenzin's like, oh, word? Like, that's how you feel? He's like, listen, you the avatar. You got to learn it. All four. It ain't optional. Nope. And she's like, nah, I need to learn this pro bended. This is what I need to learn. It's like, I need to learn that new new. Yep. Nope. And Tendons trying to drop that knob. So, like, listen, being the avatar ain't all about fighting. Shit. We know you're good at fighting.
0: You ain't good at all the rest of the stuff. Exactly. You got to figure your way out. And in the midst of them having this whole conversation, the Ferris is getting jumped up there, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because eventually Korak goes to say,
1: yo, okay, listen, I'm done talking with you and your yeah, air bended. I'm going to finish my mat. Yeah.
0: So, uh, hey, I'll everybody be back. getting. Everybody getting bought back and they getting tossed over and stuff like that. And the whole team about to go straight into the drink. But then here comes Cora fending off all this mugging and jumping and shit. And she's finally used the training to some good use. And she she beat a leaf and she she moves through all the competition out here, busting everybody back. like Finally. And Tenzin was like, you know what? Shit, I respect it. He was like, all right. Shit. Tenzin even started getting hyped. Yeah, he's like, he's like, look, you're finally doing it. And then he looked around, he's like, oh, yeah, you know,
1: let me be quiet. Uh, you know what? The, yeah, right? He's like, you know what? I'm wilding. And he looked, he's like, oh, so you can retain some knowledge, huh? <laughs> huh see, all my training paid off. Yep. He's like, see, I told you one day it was just going to click. Yep, yep. So, yeah, Core out here doing it. I'm like, okay. All right, maybe there's some hope for you. The match is going up. better.
0: They bopping them, they rolling, they knock them all out because Korra used a good level and the Ferrets win.
1: The Ferrets win! Duh! Uh-huh.
0: the crowd goes goes off and it's all good journey good sales and 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 Tenson being high too yeah Mako even gives some respect to Cora dealing out there Tenson out there like yeah like, oh, oh, yeah, hold on. was hyped, but he realized he was wilding. <laughs> Thun was like,
1: okay, all right. We, they was like, all right, we won, we won.
0: Yep, and as Cora meets up with Tenzin, they both apologize for being in their head and emotional about what they were saying pretty much back and forth. And this is at the point where they're trying to, I guess, resurrect the tool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and like you said, they had their heartfelt apology moment. Very, very nice. It's like, yeah, I was being an ass. Like, yeah, I was being a dick.
0: I mean, shit, the first part of that is accepting, so, I mean, that's good overall.
1: And he he basically goes on to say, yeah, I stayed and watched the match. And he's like, okay, you know that Pro Ben didn't seem to be the way that you learn. Better. It and works Cor- for you.
0: And Cora dropped the bombshell on him that she let it be known that she has joined up the team and will be doubling her duties as well over there. And Tenzin just breathes a whole sigh. He's like, huh, can't win mean? them all. Yeah, right? She ain't my child, so. Oh, well, and that concludes the episode yes does yeah so my final thoughts on this episode this round set the stage for world building and the advancement of vendors to create a sports game out of it which is hella fun and interesting to me i love it though it definitely feels i kind of like It's a world builder, but it definitely feels kind of fillerish, as in a way from, from what we left off of. We didn't learn anything more of this equalist group or who this dark other person is, but it's filling out a main story that we all ideally hope that it gathers and builds up. So it works really well overall. Uh, this episode in the series gets up for me. Definitely a high watch and continue going forward for sure.
1: So for me, this was an episode of basically his core of finding mm-hmm. her place, yep. learning and adapting and adjusting. Yep. So... Like you said, it wasn't much of, uh, we didn't get much expansion in terms of opponents, villains, and stuff like that. And that's fine. Yeah. This was really just to show us that, hey, the core we saw in episode one is starting to grow and starting
0: to adjust to a Yeah. Going with the off the cuff of the day, when we talked about some starting anew, Korra was obviously starting anew here. Yep. And so as
1: this episode goes along, we see her adjust. and. Corey here in this episode is much more tolerable. Definitely. So I give this episode an up. Yep. And this episode would definitely have made me continue watching.
0: Going into the story. Yeah. So, so it's an up from us and a continuation. So that wraps the book on our review on Core episode one and two. Definitely an enjoyable watch from us. Alright, so and speaking in terms of the next episode for us, uh, preview into next week is we plan on going into our segment down with BMP Black Morpher Power. This is our Power Rangers review section, and you pick a Power Rangers series, and we'll review episode one and two, or any kind of special situation of it. Next week will be uh, Power Rangers Ninja Storm episode one and two all right all right all right so if you got any questions comments and concerns our email is set up that you can send an email to us at blurred by at gmail.com Facebook and Instagram at Blurred By Nature and Twitter at Blurred By Nature, uh, nature spelled N A T U R
1: Yeah, that's everywhere you guys can reach us.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So on that note, I'm gonna hit us with the outro, brother. All right, let's do it. All right, thanks for joining us today from Black Thought to Nerd Power. This is Nicholas, Mr. Go with the flow, and this is the man with the plan, Maurice. And this was another edition of the Blurred by Nature podcast. Man, welcome to our journey. And thank you for listening, everyone. Till next time. Peace. Peace.